Well, hello again, Suzanne. We've been with another interview this evening, and uh, what's what's the holiday we should talk about now? Well, at the end of this week, uh, it'll be Christmas, Christmas Day. So we're talking about Christmas tonight. That's right, and uh, I can't believe it's been a year since we actually filmed the Christmas special last year, but now we're doing one over the phone. Well, some things I want to talk about uh, this time, I, I know I didn't uh, speak about um, when, did we film that uh, other Christmas episode in my home? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, I I, mean, I, I remember it. Okay, so what, what should we know about Christmas? So what do you want to bring up that we don't know? Um, I want to bring up a kind of candy that's been a tradition for I don't know, at least a century, maybe more. I don't, I forget what year it was invented or who the inventor was, but uh, uh, countless people see in little glasses or or in boxes uh, candy canes. Okay, so uh, you, you find that something is important that we should know about candy cane? Um, it's, it's symbolic. That's what everybody should learn about. Those who don't know already will... Uh, um, we'll find out about it by the first time. The inventor um, of the candy wanted to make a hard white candy uh, uh, symbolizing God's purity and steadfastness. Um, but but he put a curved end uh, at one end, you know. So uh, so it looks like either a shepherd's crook to round up stray animals, or if you hold it another way, you see that it looks like a capital J for Jesus. I see. So we have G, J for Jesus, and, the, and because he's looked at as a shepherd, so it looks like a shepherd's cane. Yes. Um, now, the inventor um, wasn't satisfied with just the pure white, so he added uh, red stripes. If you look closely, if the average person looks closely at the average at the average candy cane, you, they they see several narrow uh, parallel stripes close together, and then one um, wide solid uh, red stripe. Um, well, the red represents Jesus's blood. Are we talking about a solid red stripe? Hmm? Both reds or just a solid one? Because one's solid and one's not. Um, several narrow parallels plus one wide, uh, uh, wider stripe. Hmm. And why would it have different stripes? Um, Groups of narrow parallel stripes represent um, the blood that Jesus shed when he was whiplashed uh, prior to uh, his crucifixion. Uh, and, and why is it, do you know why is it white and peppermint? What has the flavor got to do with the symbolism I'm describing? I just wonder, maybe there's something to it. The narrow red stripes represents uh, 
the blood that Jesus lost when he was uh, when he was whiplashed. Um, the 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 single wider red stripe represents the blood he shed uh, um, when he was crucified. Right. So we know about color, but we don't and shape, but we don't know about the the flavor. I don't I don't know why the inventor made the candy uh, mint flavored. I know. Um, um, I I never eat I never eat candy canes because they're mint flavored. I never I never cared for that flavor. I see. Do you use them as decoration on your Christmas tree or anything like that? I I I never um, I never use them for uh, decorations. Because mm-hmm. weren't they used as decorations back in the day, or still today? Mm-hmm. The people use them as decorations as well. Yes, but sooner or later, um, if the if the cane is is made out of candy, they have to eat it uh, sooner or later. Now that's something I want to bring up because the because the red stripes represent Christ's blood shed at the end of his life and not the beginning. Any um, household or group that that has a substantial number of candy canes shouldn't eat all of them at Christmas time. They should save a handful or so for uh, for Good Friday and Easter. Okay, but why why would they save them when candy canes are associated with Christmas? So why should you think they should save them? Huh? Why do you believe they should save them since candy canes are usually associated for Christmas? With Christmas, because uh, um, they should save a few, uh, a handful or so of candy canes for Good Friday and Easter. I said the red stripes represent Christ's blood shed at the end of his life. Okay, but you don't think that some people think it's unusual to have candy associated with Christmas during different holidays? Not not many people know the uh, you know the true story behind candy canes. That's why I brought it up just now for those who don't know any better. Okay, so do you feel like maybe if people follow your advice and save some candy cane for other holidays, they can share that story? Um, they should tell the story of the candy canes at Christmas time because we see them in abundance at that time. But because of what the red stripes represent, they should save um, a few candy canes for Good Friday and Easter. Okay, but do you think the candy would get stale? Do you get wait about four months? Not if not if it's uh, not if it's, not if it's carefully wrapped. If it's uh, boxed a certain way, or I, I've seen I've seen individual uh, candy canes. Uh, in plastic wrap when they're in uh, things like glasses or uh, or or small or or small shallow plates. Okay, so we should save them if they're wrapped, but but not if they're half eaten. Um, no. Okay, because then it wouldn't be a candy cane; it would be like a stick. Yeah. Uh huh. So, uh, so everyone should remember to. Uh, um, 
well, make sure the candy canes are individually wrapped or, or packed in some suitable box and and not eat all of them at Christmas time. Save a handful or so for uh, Good Friday and Easter. Okay, but we shouldn't save any Christmas cookies for that same reason, because that would definitely go stale. Yes, and also because Christmas cookies uh, are more festive and decorated just about any way um, uh, a cook pleases. Okay. Um, all right. Well, what else do we know about candy canes? Is that is that the whole thing? Um, that that that's the uh, that's the whole story. Now, do you know a candy cane joke? No. Okay. Did you hear about the guy who collects candy canes? No. Because they're all in mint condition. All right, so you made your last. Well, they were just, well, unless they were individually wrapped and he made a point of eating one once in a while, they'd all get stale. Well, that, that's true. So what, what other important things do we know about Christmas? We have to remember that the sole purpose of Christmas is to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Um, the word Christmas uh, comes from an old-time term which people use to, men, to mean uh, the Mass or church service said uh, on that day. It was called Christ's Mass, and in time it was abbreviated to uh, Christmas. Well, do you think that was abbreviated on purpose or something that was just a bad spelling? Um, I never learned about that. Because by, by misspelling it like that, then people forget what the real meaning is. Well, the word Christ is clearly spelled out. Yeah, that's true. So Yes, and, uh, and that's why it's disgraceful that North America uh, over-glorifies Santa Claus and, and makes him a false god. Well, even more so, the the emphasis is, is a, a commercial aspect, so then that shouldn't be. There were, there was the problem of too much attention on the wrong character long before there were uh, elaborate retail and sales systems. So, so how did Santa Claus kind of moved in and and, and Jesus? Um, there was there was a real. St. Nicholas in the 5th or 6th century. He was Dutch. Um, But uh, he was a church bishop. Right. So most people know that part. But then the idea that he's wearing a red coat and bringing presents and getting Um, through the chimney and eating cookies. um, No, that uh, that happened because um, Dutch settlers didn't want to uh, give up uh, revering any patron saint, but but over time, as there was more emphasis on the giving of gifts, forgetting that they originated with the wise men and not Saint Nicholas, um, they um, they made Saint Nicholas too important, and the way he got um, the costume 
uh, associated with Santa Claus is that uh, Clement Clark Orr wrote that poem, The Night Before Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but it was but it was just in print. It wasn't uh, it wasn't illustrated. They wanted illustrations, and an American and nineteenth century American cartoonist Thomas Nast originated the costume we associate with Santa Claus. Okay, so we blame the anything like a, you know like a, like a bishop's uh, religious habit. Right, right. So we should blame Dutch for this. No, we should blame um, um, uh, like the nineteenth the nineteenth century for uh, wanting illustrations and a cartoonist making um, a lasting symbol, but unfortunately, uh, an incorrect one. Right. Yeah, I was ready to blame the Dutch. Especially because of those uncomfortable shoes. Um, well, all the notions about Santa Claus driving a sleigh and uh, coming down a chimney and uh, uh, dressed the way he is was was Clement Clark Bohr's uh, invention, and 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 it's been taken too much. It's been taken too much for granted. To the extent that uh, we make poor Jesus play second fiddle to uh, to a fictitious character, right? I guess he's even behind Rudolph, right? Hmm? Jesus even gets behind Rudolph, like most people associate even Rudolph the reindeer more than Jesus. Yeah. So that how sad is that? Um, uh, too many, too many generations have made the mistake of getting the children hooked on Santa first before teaching them the first thing about God or Jesus. And then uh, they make, they foster Santa Claus as an, uh, as an unseen but omnipresent behavior monitor. And, uh, and, and in the last decade or two, uh, a false um, monitory device was introduced, the elf on the shelf which is supposed to uh, spy on children, somewhat like the uh, telescreen security systems uh, in the novel 1984. That's right, yeah. But Big Brother's watching, right? So now we have an elf on a shelf. Well, yeah, yeah well, that would mean... Well, well, there's, well, there's no card under the elf figurine saying Santa Claus is watching. Right. How about Krampus? Do you like Krampus? Do I like what? Krampus. I I don't know what they are. Oh, Krampus is like a, a it's a Bavarian kind of anti Santa Claus. He shows up and takes the bad kids away. Um. No, I never I never heard about that. Okay, that's more in the like Austria and Germany and that, that those kind of areas. I think that's well, where it comes from. The problem of, uh, of focusing too much attention on the wrong character, putting putting someone else uh, ahead of Jesus in terms of uh, uh, focusing of attention. And then we have the, the idea that Santa should be going down the chimney, and what happens to the kids who live in a house without a chimney? Important is how how does Santa get in and out of the house 
without waking up the occupants. Yeah. He only eats sugary treats. He's, he's kind of obese. Uh, breaks into houses. I don't know who came up with that. Well, well, he's a stranger. We we teach our children not to let strangers in the house, and yet we leave the um, some household leave snacks for Santa when we when we say he's fat, and um, um, he, it takes it takes a significant amount of time to uh, uh, leave the presents and eat the snacks at Benny, um, so that any time he does so. Uh, Santa loses time, and we say he delivers the presents worldwide overnight. So that's a that's a bunch of that's a bunch of lies, which uh, which which we get our children hooked on, and then uh, but then later uh, we can afford to uh, insist that the children concern themselves with reality only, when in the meantime we were dishonest with them and and told them a pack of lies. Yeah, well, we should really teach kids is to yell stranger danger if they actually see somebody breaking into the house and stealing cookies. Because goodness knows how many people will have to atone for their um, willful um, wrongdoing in the end. Right. So do you think your, your opinion is more? It's getting more popular that we should, uh, you know, ignore Santa Claus and, and celebrate the real meaning of Christmas? Or are you still upset that people are celebrating with Santa Claus and that kind of stuff? I'm, I'm still upset because I've seen little or no evidence that, that people are inclining more toward Jesus. Um, on my way to work, um, uh, my bus uh, passes a few houses that have a sign, Keep Christ in Christmas in, on the front yards. But then, uh, um, but then, um, I haven't seen an increase in that kind of sign in front of more houses. It's uh, it's very rare that I see a nativity set uh, in front of a house, and um, and and too many um, and too many houses uh, make use of Santa Claus instead of uh, instead of Jesus uh, when. Uh, decorating either just the windows or putting a big uh, front yard display outside. Right, so you would like to see more mangers and that kind of stuff instead of uh, blown up reindeer. Nativity tableaus, because that is the reason for the holiday. Right. And then what else should we know about it? What, what What's missing? Anything else that we should know that's kind of being ignored? Well, undoubtedly, because of the pandemic, there won't be uh, elaborate uh, church services um, late in the night of the 24th or uh, or, or any time on the 25th, because uh, um, whatever churches do let people in uh, limit um, um, a- attendees, the, the number of attendees. Um, the, the attendees have to wear masks. Um, uh, there might be one singer at the front of the altar, but he or she has to be behind a plastic screen and and wear a mask, except when he or she has to sing, and, and, and there are no choirs. 
So do you, do you miss practicing this year? Because I'm sure your choir was put on hold. Yes. Do you have a chance to sing on your own, or did you just kind of stop for a while? Um, when and where would I sing on my own? Well, in your house. What? No, just in your house. Um, no, because uh, because I have to keep my volume down, and and no one else would hear me. Oh, I see. So you enjoy singing for others, but not just for practice. I I prefer to sing in front of other people. I see. Would you like to sing for the audience? Um. Well, if this is if this is being heard around the world, that's going that won't do any good to. Uh, Many people in other nations because they don't because they don't speak, let alone sing in uh, in English. Okay, but they're familiar with the songs. How about Latin? Um. Oh, there, there's some song, There are a few songs which originated in Latin, but there are others that either I translated myself or I got hold of the. Uh, um, uh, mass-produced translations. Would you like to sing something in Latin? Um, well, which song? Well, would, would, I don't know what you know, but what, what's a, can you can you offer me a couple of choices? Well, well, not, not O Come All Ye Faithful. That one's too obvious. Many, many congregations uh, sing that uh, in their churches anyway, but I'm talking about one that's Maybe popular, but uh, people may not know that uh, there is a Latin translation of it. Which is which one? Um. Uh. uh yeah, one that's my own. Uh, go tell it on the mountain. It's spiritual. And that's appropriate for Christmas. Hmm. Yeah, that's a Christmas song. Yes. Okay. So, would you like to sing now? Yeah, well, it helps if uh, it helps if I uh, clap lightly, or 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 you generate some clapping, or that uh, everybody tuned in uh, do some clapping to set the rhythm. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one. Two. Are you doing it? Well, I'm going to let you do it because I don't want to ruin the sound. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it'll come clearly. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm slapping my hand against my own body, and I don't think... Uh, I can I hear it. The uh, spectators can hear that. Yeah, we can hear it. All right. Super Colossus, Ugnique, Dermonte Nunciate, Sucrustus Natus, Plando Eritus, Dienatem Secu, Pertelitiam Pantam, Auxilio Domitiam. 
Thank you very much, Suzanne. What would be the English uh, name of the song? The English name? Yes. I, I, I said before, go tell it on the mountain. Oh, okay, that's right, you did. So this way we have the name of the beginning and the end, so people can know what you're saying. <laughs> well, I also, um, I have another carol that I want to sing to finish off, but right now, while it's, while it's on my mind, I want to get into the uh, subject of the Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, the story of Scrooge. Okay, go ahead. Well, not many people may be aware that that's an, uh, an early example of the of supposed time traveling. Well, that's right. It goes back and forth to, uh, yeah, the past, yes. Yes, the ghost of the past uh, has... Scrooge review uh, his past life, then then there's the present with the Bob Cratchit family celebrating, and then slightly into the future where supposedly Scrooge is dead and would be uh, um, forever mocked unless uh, unless he reformed. But but the thing is, the the ghosts who take Scrooge on those time trips do not use some complex device. Well, right. They didn't really have any special effects. It just did just say it, right? Um, well, too many stories about time traveling require the use of some complex device to make it happen. But the but but the spirits in uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol never use one. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Hmm? Why do you think that is? Why do I think what is? They didn't use anything. Because uh, because they were spirits supposedly uh, omnipotent. They didn't need man-made devices uh, to take Scrooge uh, backward or forward in time. Okay, and that, is that one of your favorite stories? Yes. Which part do you like the best? Um, I've, I've loved uh, The Ghost of the Past since I first became uh, acquainted with the story. Because he gets to see the himself as a young man and the mistakes he made. Um, no, because uh, the ghost of Christmas Past costume is described as uh, um, a, a robe or tunic that's all white, um. and there's a and, and there's and there's just immense light emanating from the crown of the head. I see. So you like the visual image that you get from reading the story. Sometimes uh, when I've been in the Christmas parades, and, and it's a uh, significant anniversary for Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, then I do uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past. Okay, I don't think I ever saw that. So, what does that costume look like? Um, I said it's a it's a tunic of the purest white, uh, trimmed with holly leaves and summer flowers on the lowest on the lower hem. Um, uh, the spirit wears um, uh, a lustrous belt. Um, I would wear a belt of sequins. Um, it, it carries one holly branch in one hand. Okay. Do people recognize it as such? Or do you have to tell? In the parades? Yes. Um, 
I think the spectators don't respond when they see me coming down the street in costume because uh, they may they may have an idea of who I am, but uh, but they don't but they don't address me um, accordingly. Um, but people in the vicinity of the grandstand uh, find out who I am because the uh, because because the MC uh, has provided commentary from uh, all the entries. Oh, okay, so they, they would announce that. Yes. Okay, anything else about Charles Dickens, or should we sing the last song and wrap it up? Um, I, 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 there, there have been a great many dramatizations of Dickens' Christmas Carol over time. Which is your favorite? Um, I really don't think I have one. Oh, yeah. Well, we're still on the subject of Christmas Carol. Here's a riddle. What did the sheep say after reading Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol? Well, I know the answer because you told me that once before, but you can say it. <laughs> but prob- probably, uh, probably the audiences don't know it. That's what I mean. You can tell the audience. There you go. And that, that's your favorite joke? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made it up myself. I know. I know. That's why I heard it before, because you told me that. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll end off with uh, uh, a song that I translated into Latin, which is, uh, um, I don't know if it's been translated into uh, um, other languages, but it's a, it's a traditional <laughs> song that... Uh, Cowlers on the streets, or or over time, uh, uh, phonograph records, uh, cassettes, um, uh, CDs uh, used as the finish uh, of of a Christmas Carol program. Okay, and which song is that? We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Ah, okay, of course, of course. Okay, so. All right, so let's bring us to the end of the interview with that lovely song. But now come the little top lady, the tallest Christie, they mix no holy fuck way, all the summers, no fruits, magnum garden room, ten pair bobby spoon, got you tea, Christie, and all in the body. Bravo, Suzanne. That was a really nice, nice rendition of that song. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Oh, um, wait, I just thought something else. Um, um, how many people may have heard of uh, an idea I had, an art idea, uh, an art project for kids to do on Christmas Eve, drawing uh, uh, birthday cards for Jesus? Have, have, we, have we said anything about that before? That uh, sounds familiar, but go ahead. You can, you can say it again. Um, uh, when, when young children are looking forward to their presents on Christmas Eve, they, can, they might be restless or itchy. They need something to do to keep themselves occupied. So they make a birthday card uh, for Jesus by taking a good-sized sheet of paper and folding it in half crosswise, then reopening it. On one side of the crease, they draw a picture of their favorite Christmas characters, 
paying their respect to the baby Jesus. And uh, and they, they, they can use uh, pencils, crayons, markers, uh, whatever, to make the best picture possible. But, uh, but grown-ups mustn't warn in to uh, make them include anything or uh, or try to copy someone else's style. And they, they all... All the, all, all, they also have to uh, acknowledge Jesus's supremacy. Now, if a child can print or write for himself or herself, that's best. But if they can't, then the grown-up on the other side of the crease would write the greeting, Happy Birthday, Jesus, from whomever the characters are. Okay, well, that seems like a nice project. We'll keep them busy. As a matter of fact, if the if the children did it several Christmas Eves in succession and held one of the pictures and compared them from time to time, they'd see how their writing or drawing skills uh, improve each additional time. Well, yeah, that will hopefully be true. Yeah. Should I encore with uh, We Wish You a Merry Christmas? Yes, go ahead. All right, we'll wrap it up with that. One more time. All right, and uh, Merry Christmas to you, Suzanne, and a Happy New Year, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, Boris. All right, bye-bye.